0: Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome
1: to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm yours morning, and, of course, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal awesome. take on Fulham. You know, it's been quite a very happy hunting ground for us. I mean, I think we've beaten them 3-0 back-to-back. You know, they were in the Premier League in 2020, got relegated, came back. And I think, you know, we've always been quite comfortable when we've played against Fulham. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a good point to start off with Yeah, But
0: it's also like visiting Canavan Cottage has also always been like a... A good stomping ground for us, always like, you know, very comfortable sort of fixture. Um, also made a trio of changes in in uh, K- Ketia, Havertz and Kivio at left-back. Um, also get the game underway and I mean, like first big chance for Odegaard and he ends up lashing wide. But I mean, I think that's also been, I mean, look, I'm not trying to single out a player, but I mean, there's also some sort of uh, a thing with most of these this players that are like all out of form that we mentioned now in previous podcasts. Uh, Arsenal, you know, very much trying to play on the front foot. Uh, Fulham also start, you know, slowly coming out the shells. And I think the first <clears throat> real attack by Fulham in the fifth minute, Raya's quickly to sense the danger, you know, ends up uh, catching the ball, bowls the ball out immediately to uh, Martinelli. Martinelli ends up, you know, speeding forward, something that we've also been missing and lacking the last few weeks.
1: He goes on this roaring
0: arm forward, gets inside the Fulham box, ends up forcing Leno into a save, but I mean, Leno ends up just parrying the ball and the ball falls straight to Saka and his instinctive uh, shot finds the back of the net and Arsenal go one up.
1: Yeah, you know. You thought, oh, this is it, you know, kind of pulling themselves towards yep. themselves after the West Ham game, but, you know, uh, that kind of way it ended in terms of the attacking prowess of Arsenal. It's like they just rested on their laurels and felt that they could just kind of Defend this one lead. Yeah, because I mean, uh, my next point was also with well, that. Also,
0: old habits came back strong in this match because being one 0 up, we seem to have down tools again. Fulham, of course, gathered in strength, and the stadium morale, you know, just started going to another level. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I even was almost like a ghost with the way things were, was like well, all of a sudden coming because it was, it was like feeling like you know, you're playing it, it's a Goodison Park or Sellers Park, because all of a sudden the noise got cranked from 0 to 100. And I mean, Arsenal almost like look more shell-shocked
1: than anything. Yeah, it's like they couldn't find the passes, they were getting bogged down into their own half, and I can't think of any chances they were created, uh, creating. I mean, you uh, you know, as good as Declan Rice has been, probably my favourite player of the season, you kind of miss it. Another type of midfielder like that with him... Yeah. You know, like a, a Jacca or a Thomas Party kind of guy that will drive the team forward because it, it just there's no I think it's no secret that, that Martin Odegaard just hasn't clicked this season. Yes, he's got some some good goals, but if you look at Martin Odegaard this season compared to last season, he kind of you know ever hasn't been finding the back of the net as much. So can be said with Saka and Martinelli, and you kind of can see the team's suffering a bit.
0: Yeah. And I mean, on 29 minutes, Arsenal failed to clear the danger. Kenny ends up feeding a low cross, which beats Raya, like, on the stretch. Kivio is too slow to reach. And I mean, Jimenez ends up sliding in, like, for easy goal to make it 1-1. And I mean, terrible defending all-round, starting with Ben White, all-round to uh, Kivio.
1: I think Sako lost the ball also. Yeah. Started that whole, that, 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 that whole move. I mean, that's also, you know... You, you can't be doing that. And you just sense this Arsenal side, unlike previous, um, or last season at least, as it or even the start of the season, the wind just got knocked out of their sails. You don't know, when did they come back and score within five minutes or something like that? But it just seemed like the wind just got lost, knocked out of their sails. Yeah, and I mean, look, the general play
0: was also atrocious to watch. Uh, Fulham went, you know, almost like full West Ham, 2.0, not initi- initiating anything like an attack more waiting, you know, for Arsenal to either get themselves out of position and and I, I think at times we were almost like falling for that trap every time or going full in a sort of a super cautious mode. Then second half, Arsenal not there to make an immediate uh, change. Tommy Asu coming on for uh, out of position, Kivio. And I mean, for me, I want to also say, I mean, I see a lot of people giving somebody like Kivio a flag. And I mean, for me, it's no fault of his, you know, being uh, thrown in at the deep end like that. Because for me, it's almost like Arteta's playing in a in a position where he clearly is not, uh, you know, really accustomed to. No matter how hard, you, you know, you try to, to kind of, almost like, was it square pegs, round holes? Uh, uh, for me, it's also a total uh, mismatch to put somebody like that in a centre-back position. Look, I know at, at, at Spezia, uh, he was playing... Um, at times also holding midfield but I mean uh, if you think about holding midfield like he probably just has to shield the defense yeah and blocks in midfield but I mean he's not going to be somebody that's going to play out as a left back and have to almost like play the this whole
1: inverted thing that that's almost like clearly been found out so I yeah mean, it doesn't mean? work I mean I would play mentally I mean he did with Kieran Tierney as well you know play them in the position play Play yeah. Kivio if you really want to force him. Play him as a defensive man to protect the midfielders, so Rice can push on forward, or 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 maybe just change formation. Then rather, if you feel that Kivio is not the man to to to, to start, play a three-five-two, or or you going to give Kivio a fair chance? Play him as a centre-back next to Saliba. Yeah. You know, don't 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 play him as a left-back. He hasn't been getting a lot of minutes. Now you expect him to play in that inverted left-back. I mean, if you look at Pep Guardiola, and I don't like comparing Pep Guardiola to be Arteta today. I mean, Arteta probably tries certain things from him. But a guy like Kivy or... Um, 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 Pep will play, you know, when the City side is in form or City is, you know, winning games or they, they're playing at home against Sheffield United or they're playing, you know, disrespectfully They were playing at home to whoever... He throws him in here, there, just to kind of, you know, get that morale up, confidence up. But I mean, you're playing him away from home. Maybe Arsenal's form has tapered a bit. But I mean, you know, it's uh, he's making it very difficult for the player to gain confidence. And now people are looking at, yeah, we should sell the guy. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I mean, uh, you spot in because I mean, I just feel also it's like,
0: uh, you've got somebody you say there. Be- like if you look at any of the teams that we're not talking about in the like that's fighting now for the uh, title and it or even top four they all have agile fullbacks and at the moment we've got uh zinchenko that's getting caught out when he's like you know doing tricks and almost like easy. time and
1: time again actually
0: and then you got kivio who's not like say agile enough to be a left back to you know he's more as you said a defeat he's actually a left back if you're gonna you know force him in that position he, he's just a left back or center back and then you've got uh it was like ben white again you know, on the other side who has was like the last month or two months or actually, yeah about two months he lacks total awareness of the danger I mean I've I mean I, I like him I mean you know yourself but i mean he's he's like when he there's danger lurking behind him he never knows and by the time he realizes the danger is has, has overlapped him he don't have that sort of turn of speed that's gonna you know get him back to like i mean you can see Kyle Walker getting you out of a mess. You can see Trent Alexander yeah. you out of a mess, but I mean, when you <clears throat> sorry, when you beat uh, uh, Ben White, you know you like really threw on goal. Not through on goal, but I mean, allowing to get, in, get a 45 into to cut back or uh, any sort of looping cross or they would cause danger. And then he's not going to be there because I mean I've seen him time and time again, the, especially this season. It, it doesn't look good. Like I things that, but like what's being played out on the fullback position because think... they don't make even like people like. Saliba
1: and Gabriel look like mugs. I think, you know, a lot of players that, like, if you look at at last season, what worked for Arsenal, right? I mean, you have Ramsdale, who, for me, yes, he had some errors in him, but he also made some very big saves at important times in the game, which, you know, Raya hasn't done for us. And I'm not kind of, Uh, Raya's at fault for it, but I mean, Ramsdale made some saves where you had your hand over your mouth thinking, you know, this could have gotten us, you know, either one point or three points. And then you kind of have um, Ben White, informed player last season, you know, Mr. Reliable. Obviously, at the end of the season, legs gave in. Um, but there's no competition for for, for Ben White. I um, mean, Tommy Yasso doesn't stay fit long enough to push him for places. So he kind of added complacency. Yeah. Okay, so Lieber and Gabriel, you know, they've been the stalwarts of the team. Left backs and as well. No real competition for him because Tommy Yasuo can't stay fit long enough. Then, you know, we've lost Party and and, and jacko who kind of played an integral part of the side. Yes, Rice did come in, but it would have been nice to add that extra to bolster to the midfield. Then you look at Martin Odegaard. I mean, he had goals and assists last season, not having as much. And our front three as well. You know, nothing is coming from there.
0: Yeah, because I mean, like uh, Sky Sports I had a, a stat the other day. and I was actually shocked or flabbergasted where they show last season. The contribution of of um, of the Arsenal front three, or even like you can add the like, a fourth attacking players, all well, in like with the They were already chipping in with something like close to fifty-five goals. And this season, they each of them are barely breaking, like getting close to a double figure more.
1: Yeah, that's the problem this, this season. It's that front three is not scoring. We were getting goals from midfield last season. Um, you know, which which we're not getting this season. We don't have a striker that's going to get you 15-plus goals. You know, what you've been saying is a striker must get 20, because I know something that's pushing it. We don't have a striker that's getting you 15-plus goals or a guy that's going to bag a goal every second game or every third game. You, and then you have your Martinelli and Saka, who in play it's plain to see you know i know suckers are star boy and you know martinelli but they're just not eating the heights of lost and they're underperforming and that's hamstring the arsenal side because who do you play there would you play in martinelli and sucker because uh, even at odegaard's position it's like there is no other option there so they just get played every week and every week the same thing and, and when they it's like there's no contingency plan at the moment at arsenal yeah so,
0: back to the match on the hour mark, uh, you know, from the corner, there's total mayhem again. I don't know what has also happened to Arsenal in the set-piece department, but, I mean, they don't deal with the ball. The ball ends up being, you know, pinballing around the box. And Bobby Reid ends up smashing the ball over and full, good 2-1 up, utter up up shambles in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I know, that was disgusting to watch. It was just and the Arsenal players walking around, looking at each other, you know, their heads down, not even that, you know, we've seen them, like, tell each other, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> they, they were just, you know, decking, the ice looks deflated. Oh, no, God, just, you know, walks in the centre circle. It's like, they said, there's no urgency. Eddie and Ketier also, you know, doing nothing on the field, you know, up until, I don't know when. I mean, it just looked sad. Yeah. And, you know, you you kind of thinking to yourself, where's this goal to come from?
0: And, I mean, for me, as you said now, like, uh, the body language said it all, because... For me, it was almost like watching a defeatist attitude, uh, you know, seeping out. Like, as you said, now there was no sort of, you know, upping the ante or anything like that, whatever. Because, I mean, they were just, you know, it was like they looked already defeated from that. Even like, as I said, from the second half, already they already looked defeated. And then, I mean, like, for me, also the expectation of, uh, for me, because for me, when I saw, uh, also like with, with Tommy Yasu coming on, look, he was not 100% fit, but for me, it was almost like, the trying to throw sort of Hail Mary because, you know, I was like, is this guy going to now sort of do wonders for us? But I mean, you can see Fulham were, you know, setting the ways that Marco Silva, you know, when he's quite a clever guy anyway, when he's uh, the way he's coaching. And I mean, if they already have the upper end, you know, for a fact, they're not going to just, you know, then open up shop or whatever. But I mean, they they also didn't have to break us with much to to nullify us because, Everything was going sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards, and then goalkeeper. And then all because every time you could just see the Fulham weren't even pressing that much, all they were doing is just uh, uh, you know, it was like just forming themselves new or like fresh in the two banks of four, and that was all they were doing because not even four two banks of four, because at times Jimenez was just saying, hey, like you know, walking about on the halfway line with because he knew no, nothing is really going to come and unless they break. But Arsenal weren't doing anything
1: either. And they were losing the ball. There was no there was no urgency. I mean then obviously the thing the sixty seventh minute. Um I think it tries to all the changes. What we've seen a lot, you know, Martinelli be, barely able to play ninety minutes these days because you know underperforming. I mean that tells you a lot also. We need a goalie takes of Martinelli, who was your top goal scorer last season. But on going you know, and that Trossard also just seems at the moment like, you know, a passenger in the side. Um, I've been a fan of him since we got him. I mean, I was very big advocate of Trossard like when he started out, but it just seems also like he's just also laboring or doesn't he just doesn't find the position in the team at Arsenal. And then, you know, a was brought on as well, but it also just seemed like he's head was elsewhere when he came on. Yeah, I mean he was more uh, scrapping with the balls in midfield and I'm thinking, look, they need you
0: up front and yet you are, I mean, also like, you know, like the midfielders are kind of letting you down. So it's almost like you're going to have to double up and help out or whatever. But I mean, when Wiener needed to have that urgency to go forward, there was really nothing coming, nothing clear cut. Everything was almost like more desperation and slow build up. And I mean, uh, that has been a complaint by, you know, different uh, uh, Arsenal awesome podcasts you also listen to where, everybody is actually complaining like you can actually have a consensus about it where the, the, the build-up is just just too
1: slow yeah i know nothing was happening and then 77th minute he brings on reese nelson um you know uh kind of a hail mary but like you know you have it Reese nelson get yeah on the field and you're just still asking yourself you know what is going to happen yeah i mean i know Reese nelson did that medical against bournemouth but you know, other than that, he doesn't seem to always find the back of the net as frequently, or you know, do as much as he should. I mean, if you're bringing on a, like if you look at Man City's title-winning sides. I mean, I don't like complaining it, but you saw them bring on like uh, Riyad Mahrez off the bench, or you see them bring off um, you know Jack Grealish. And I know they spend millions and millions of pounds, but you need to bring players off the bench that are able to start as well. I mean, the Reece Nelson, why is he not starting a game against Fulham? Or why is he not starting, you know, against Sheffield United at the Emirates? Because Rotete doesn't trust these players. But the moment, you know, they kind of say the chickens come home to roost in a game, then he tries to throw on um, Reese Nelson or he wants Emil Smith-Rowe to bail him out. But how are these guys supposed to bail you out if they're not, you know, contributing when things are going well in the team. It doesn't rotate when things are going well. It's just when things are going, you know... Yeah, yeah that's a good point. That's a good point. Because, I mean, like, you know, all, like, when you watch the opposition,
0: know, like, all the opposition do nowadays is also, they just plug the gaps through Arsenal, you know, out of position. And um, all of a sudden, it seems like Arsenal become, like, you know, toothless. They don't think of... You know, maybe using... And I mean, look, it, it goes not just the, the like what Et- Arteta and his coaching staff are doing. But I mean, surely the players can also see the other things playing out like as a blueprint when you're playing on the pitch. Because they don't think, OK, teams are plugging up this way or whatever. They're not allowing us to play through balls. Then go long ball. Go. Try uh, fast, like uh, one, two-touch, ticker of football. That's also not like... We're not doing that either. We're not doing the long ball either. It's Like we're playing this sort of, I don't know how you can describe it. It's now a ball where it almost like the attack just fizzles out into nothing. Like you end up, the ball comes out from the goalkeeper. They plot a long, plot a to the halfway line, and then all of a sudden, the ideas just start, you know, slowly fading away.
1: You know, last season, I know we we, we complained we were conceding a lot at the Emirates, but I mean, we were we were we were much more solid away from home. I mean, if you look at that Luton game that we 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 won basically narrowly, or that four three win. I mean, that set pieces for one has been shocking. We have late like, I mean, yeah, yeah, almost everybody's been scoring from from set pieces against us. Um, you know, we 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 playing boring football. We're not converting our chances, so it's like we we asking for trouble. I mean. How are we? Like, how are we still in the title race? I don't, know, I, I don't know. We're still very lucky, actually, to be a part of it. But you can see Liverpool are starting away. Thankfully, you know they have a few of their players going to to the African Cup of Nations. But you know now you have City. Now I think the brain is coming back soon. Haaland will be coming back, and then you ask yourself, you know, you could have made some, 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 you know distance between yourself and city I mean if, if you're taking care of West Ham at home that's three points and you know we there was another point which we, okay Liverpool you take that point and you know as we we conclude this game we will we'll probably discuss at the end of it you know whether this was points lost or or, or what you just dis- say this was
0: yeah I mean look for me
1: personally now uh
0: hopefully this two week warm weather break after uh, today's FA cup fixture can also do Arsenal like a world of good because I think clearly Arteta must go back to the drawing board and try to some some way try to fix this this kind of mess that we've gotten ourselves in
1: yeah I know it's 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 quite sad to see and you can just see the season if if nothing's done about it slowly start you know kind of slipping away yeah
0: so move our attention to today's fixture uh, Arsenal was Liverpool third round of the FA Cup I mean I don't think it's like, really, you know, why you want to make an entrance into the FA Cup with such a, you know, glamour fixture already, because I really thought it was going to be like a more of a David and Goliath fixture. Um, Yeah, I mean, like the FA Cup rounds, you know, again, a huge class set up at the Emirates, both sides coming in with, you know, night and day results, Liverpool unbeaten in the last five, Arsenal with one win, two draws, two losses
1: in the last five yeah you know it, it it hasn't been been great for, for for us at the moment and when the draw was made i think you know you are you were quite confident of arsenal when we were to we with them in the fa cup i think you you felt that you know they you could get them um because of of how we were playing but you know now it's it's kind of a case of you know what arsenal's going to show up. Is this gonna be the 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 you know that that you know where they turn the corner and they beat Liverpool and they go through to the next round because I mean Salah's not gonna be there, I think Endo is not gonna be there, I think Silver slice injured and Club kind of rotates very early on. They have a League Cup semi-final, you know, as 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 a Liverpool team at the moment, I think you or as a Liverpool fan, you must be feeling good, you know. You're playing a semifinal in the in the in the league cup which which they they tip do to win and the favour to take that trophy home. I mean it's another trophy for them. They top of the Premier League and you know can you imagine the top ball Arsenal with an undistinct side with no Salah, no no Endo no sub and I mean I don't know who else is missing something my team is still missing. Uh, Robertson's also out um you know so you wonder where we Klopp's heads at as well, you know. Does he go under Sacrifice the FA Cup and say, you know what? We have bigger fish to fry in the Europa League, in the in the in the EFL Cup. We can walk away with a guaranteed trophy, and um, you you have an opportunity now as well um, with the with the Premier League because they look like they've clicked into gear somehow, someway, somehow, and and they're just getting the results. You know, kind of like Arsenal did last season. You know, whether they concede or not, they outscore you because they play this attacking brand of football but, like yeah, uh, yeah no carry, on,
0: carry on carry on i mean like for me just watching them when they dismantled uh newcastle the other day i mean uh, there's no fooling around no you know uh, you know t- you know, twiddling your thumbs or whatever for them it was get the job at hand done and i mean they, there was like no mercy really shown on newcastle and i think that is where arsenal was like To try to toy with with their prey but I mean they end up losing it at the end, like from from trying to be that you know trying to be cute or whatever.
1: They try to be too cute. They concede a goal. They chase the game. Concede another, and then they look shell shocked, or they just pull the game back, and they have to fight and claw their way. I mean, can I ask you this? When last, have you actually enjoyed an Arsenal Premier League game where you're not on your nerves till the very end? When have you just been able to watch your team? and kind of just enjoy watching Arsenal and not being, like, you know, stressed out until the 90th minute. I mean, barring a Sheffield United game. I mean, we well, last have you, in I the was, Premier League? I was going to
0: go. I was going to go to the Sheffield United game. But, yeah, I fully get what you're saying because I noticed also there's a sort of... I don't know. A, is it like an ego thing or something? But it's like... They don't think like, you know, when I've uh, it's like old habits come to the fore every time or every season now. And I mean, it's it goes even past Arteta's reign. I'm talking of even Emery and the, the latter stages of Finger of because sometimes they think it was like something like 2-0 is enough. And then you watch like the normalists, all of a sudden it's like cat amongst the pigeons the minute the, the team pulls like a goal back because like, uh, one game that still that, that like, like sears in my head still so is that that game with, with Wolves where you're playing them, or even at that Brighton game, where you play them totally off the park. They, You know, they weren't even like real competition in that game. And then all of a sudden, Kunia scores in that game, or or in Brighton, I forgot who that, that guy was that scored. Then all of a sudden, it's like ding, 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 alarm bells, alarm bells, and everybody's like in a panic. And then all of a sudden, yes. The, the crowd looks like, you know, totally shell-shocked because we fooled around for 80-whatever minutes of not, you know, putting this game to
1: bed. I mean, I'm just going to go through the, the quickly the Arsenal scores this season in the Premier League. We beat Nottingham Forest 2-0, 2-1, two and we were 2-0 up, and we, we, you know, we kind of thought, OK, that was a nail bite. The Crystal Palace 1-0 up, we were down to 10 men, nail-biter as well. Fulham, they were down to 10 men, we were leading 2-1. We drew 2-2. United game at the Emirates. Yes, it was th- thrilling. But, you know, up until the 90th minute, 1-1. Everton, we beat 1-0 only. I mean, we also had on the Spurs. We drew 2-2. Okay, with? We smashed them. You know, City's an anomaly game. You take a 1-0. Chelsea, we were 2-2. There's 2-0 down. I mean, nail-biting game also. Okay, Sheffield United, we won comfortably. Newcastle, we lost. Burnley, 3-1. But it was also you know it wasn't comfortable it wasn't comfortable Brentford 1-0 you know Wolves 2-1 Luton 4-3 Aston Villa we lost Brighton 2-0 the game you spoke about okay Liverpool is Liverpool you understand that then we take a beating to West Ham at the Everett and then we lose to to Fulham at home I mean I'm at Craven Cottage I mean, you know, of those games, which game did you actually say, you know, you actually sat back with your feet up and just enjoyed? Probably the Bournemouth and Sheffield United game. But anything else was almost like a struggle and you you're stressed and it's not nice. I mean, you know, as a fan, obviously, you know, you you go through those type of things, but sometimes you want to just see your team command the game, dominate the game and say, you know, this team could do something, but the only reason Arsenal they say are looking like title challenges is because they're not playing well and getting the result, but you know, at what point do you start playing well?
0: Yeah, yeah, boggles of mind. I mean, and the, look, it also like leads you now to the talking point section of the the podcast. And I mean, for me, it's also been like Arteta's decision making. Um, I just think sometimes, look, he's got like full control of the club. I mean, he probably takes now advice of the coaches, and that, but I think sometimes. That, look, you can be stubborn in it, but I mean, sometimes uh, his decision-making gets to a point where even you as a fan have to scratch your head because, <clears throat> look, if look for me at times, it looks like a few of that guys in the front can't hit a barn door, the way things are going. Because, I mean, we, we're now into 2024 and Martinelli's only got two league goals. And I mean, this is a very, very unlike, you know, what he's been, you know, pushing out the last few seasons. And yet, I mean, he gets, keeps, play, keeps playing him. And, and I was just thinking to myself, like with certain players, don't they maybe need like a sort of, and it's not prior to this uh, winter little break coming up. But I mean, the right day, you should have already thought, okay, look, give this guy a sort of break. Where, uh, who knows, maybe Martinelli comes good as uh, impacts up for a few games. You know, yeah. some, you use him like that. Because for me, it's like you're letting him play and he's not in good form. I was like trying to force him into some sort of form. But I mean, by the time you, you you know, you came like after an hour or 70 minutes, you're also like, you don't know what you're doing to him, like, you know, internally in his head. Like, because now all of a sudden he's almost like moody and sullen and whatever. And then you've got uh, somebody like, say, Trossard, who at times looks totally lost. And I mean, you can already hear nowadays the groans, like when he steps up now for corners because... Some of his corners the last month or so has been terrible. Like, and every time he gets to take the corners or whatever. And also, like uh, this goes also like with Jesus, he seems all over the place when you're supposed to like you know do the finishing in the box. Ed and Ketia seems like he's just running and not doing much because he's not really doing the pressing job which we need in our sort of brand of football. And then I think Saka has just become way way too predictable. I mean everybody knows. Yeah. When he gets the ball, he has to cut inside for that left foot and he's going to whip. Because, I mean, like somebody did a comparison the other day, like a a quick flash of of, um, the Liverpool game against Newcastle and how we played against Fulham. And then they showed, like, the analysis was every time Arsenal were always looking out wide, looking out wide. Or when the ball comes to the wingers, they're looking again to come inside and just lash at the, you know, at the box. Even if the ball's in a cannon off a defender or whatever. And then they showed, like, Liverpool, the contrast, again. Liverpool were always looking for that killer slide rule pass, killer slide rule. And that's how they they tore Newcastle totally apart. I mean, how many of that slide rule passes you see the other day? Because that that is, you know, I mean, that one goal that really stood out for me from that Liverpool game against Newcastle, that banana kick pass of of, um, Salah, that, I don't know who it is, that they scored. But I mean, where do you see Saka pulling off, say something like that, or that Slide rule pass from a know win in the first half that, that plays in um Luis Diaz for the penalty. It was also a, a, like a, a slide rule pass amongst what three uh Newcastle defenders and they both still got its way to its target. And yet, we, we don't to defeat too much, yeah, yeah, that's it because we don't let that, that you know when they do that little little danger pad thingy where it shows what zones he was passing to, yeah, that's the, the zones we're not looking into. We're just trying what you said now that that to, to feed. And also, people are always. Uh, this is like standing out a lot to me in the last, uh, this last three, uh, three or four months. It's like nobody takes the responsibility of carrying the game and thinking, okay, I'm gonna take this game forward. Because I don't know how many th- uh, how many uh, um, tweets or whatever I've seen already when people say, you know, we need a attacking player or a forward like Alexis Sanchez in that mode. Yeah, that will take. You know, if if if. You, if the rest of the team don't want to throw their weight, he's going to almost like take the game with the scruff of the neck and win it by himself and not care about whatever else is happening behind him. But he's going to try to win that game for us. And that is what we don't have because everybody I was watching the other day, you can see that the chance there for shooting position and it will go sideways and it will go back. And I'm thinking, you guys just kill that momentum because the minute... the I mean, just watch any team that we play against, in the, if you watch any highlights packages even... The minute we go sideways or back, everybody of that opposing team goes back behind the ball. Even if they they're not even in position, they're just behind the ball just to make
1: you know everything more compact. Yeah. Oh, you know, Off topic. Um, I don't know. We winning that all oh, white kit again today because it's very been very bad. Like I just have memories of us losing in the FA Cup. Yeah, I think just I
0: just recall one game that we won. I think it was against either Oxford or somebody. Oxford, like that. there's
1: Oxford. It's <laughs> an Oxford.
0: And other than that, yeah, it, it's been. I mean, I know it's for a good cause, but Jesus, <laughs> but I mean, luckily, I mean, because everybody was also concerned that what if Liverpool get to win now their red kit? But I think Liverpool will wear that grape colour kit or something. One of the alternate kits they're going to be wearing today. But I mean, you know, just that kind of of um, back on 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 the podcast again. Like, oh, uh, my, question, my question to you was also, do you think like is
1: fatigue winning on this poor performances or complacency? Yeah, you know, I think it's a sense of complacency. You know, they, they, he's probably a bit of fatigue there, no doubt. But yeah. who starts ahead of Martin Odegaard? I mean at the moment, you know, he can play 10 bad games in a row. You know, I think they won't really drop him. Who starts ahead of Bakayo Saka? If 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 a guy is not playing well, you know, and I think this doesn't seem brave enough to, to drop him. He seems to be happy enough to drop Jesus, or I you know, think Jesus and Kately, but I mean, you know, Kately doesn't do much either. And then, you know, Martinelli, it's either Trossard there, but I mean, Trossard also doesn't seem comfortable there. I mean, it's just it it just I think it's complacency all around, and, and it seems like it's, like fatigue is already getting to Declan Rice because the guy's been playing, you know, week in, week out. I know you're probably used to it last season with the Conference League, but, I mean, you know, we're literally playing him every single game at the moment. I mean, you know, there's Jorginho there, which they don't kind of use smartly. Yeah. They will use Jorginho today to to rest Declan Rice completely now, and then uh, our people will get overrun because it's just... It's just I, I don't know, if you can't replace, if Declan Rice rests, you like, Jorginho is not the replacement for Declan Rice. I mean, mm-hmm. you can add something to Declan Rice's game if you play Jorginho. I mean, why not try Jorginho and, and Rice and Odegaard? I mean, and then try Havertz up front, maybe. But I just think there's complacency all around. Gabriel and and, and Saliba, no one's going to start ahead of them. Uh, Raya can have raya can do whatever he wants to do and ramsdale will not get a start i don't know what problem what has with ramsdale or what he's trying to prove but it just seems there's just a whole lot wrong with the side with whether it's complacency and a bit of fatigue but that fatigue comes with the complacency of playing the same guys every week and what what's your take on that my point now actually is i just not trying to just the point down because
0: what you now said was that, uh, also that complacency side of things. What I don't understand is also, look, if somebody plays well, you, almost, not not compliment, uh, that's not the word, right word I'm looking for, but, you know, when somebody's doing something right, you almost like, I wouldn't say praise them just but, I mean, reward you know, them, maybe. Yes, that's the word is, reward. Because, my whole thing was, the little gripe I had, was, look, when Nelson played so well against PSV, I really thought, that's my way, like, you know, for like, you like thinking from his perspective, I thought that's my way of getting back in this, like, you yeah, know, starting the weekend. And starting Otis, the weekend. he throws him out of the squad again, and then he puts in, like, say, Martinelli, who at that, I mean, even up to that point, you can already say he still was not firing at that point because this old uh, decline of, of Martinelli was already showing itself the start of December. And right there, I, mean, I think that PSV game was somewhere early in December. So, Middle or whatever, but I mean, still, right there, you should have thought, okay, we're gonna make use of him here and whatever, and and, and he can do the job. But now it's almost like, nah, you're out of the team again. Oh, because I mean, I, that's what I don't understand when somebody is on a high, let, especially if you're not like a, like you know, in a quotes, the regular 11, yeah, surely let them play themselves that way into the squad, and then you know, if, if he plays well in the league game, then you stick with him again. Or if, he, if, it's, if it's not like you thought it was, you let the, the next game, you let somebody else come in, and, and you can still hook the guy anyway at some point in the, in the, the, the game. Yeah,
1: I, I, I was like what Wenger used to do, you know, where somebody could score a hat-trick and in the, the Premier League game, they, they, they're out of the squad. Whereas Pip. you know, if you yes, play yes, whilst yes. Pep, yes. You, 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 you're playing in the in the team next weekend and, and the other guy sitting on the bench, so, it's almost like there's competition for places all the time. Like, you know, Alvarez will score and you will play again, you will score. Like, you know, like you say, you play yourself in the team, but you also play yourself out the team. You know, once there's a decline of two to three games, you're like, okay, you know what, you had a chance, next person you go in there. But we don't have that luxury also. I mean, yes, at least Nelson, you can do that. But you know, Bukayo Saka, there's almost like no competition for him on that side of the field. You know, it's, it's it's I don't know, we we need there's something fundamentally still wrong. I think he doesn't know how to manage his his squad properly still. And and I think that's his that's his biggest issue at the moment. He doesn't know how to manage his squad and yeah. um you know the the longer this carries on, the more we'll see, you know, out of form players stay out of form. I mean, remember Trossard when he was playing that false nine position perfectly. He was doing it well. He was, you know, creating, we were playing well. And he used his back to out the team completely. He doesn't show his face again until, you know, Arteta's desperate for something magical to happen. Throws Trossard on, maybe he starts trying a bit too hard. You know, loses the ball. Now, all of a sudden, you as a fan, say, you know, tr- Trossard's not fitting into the side well While we, as in, you know, when he was playing well, let him, you know, let him cook as they always say. But they don't, they're not, It doesn't do that to these players. I mean, like you said, Martinelli and Saka can, you know, be out of form and they'll still be forced to play.
0: Yeah. Uh, next point I'm to make was, you know, the flack that I was getting. Um, I mean, of course, sometimes I, I find also there's a way, you know, big overreaction to it. Um, but I mean is it what what's your opinion rightfully so the flag he gets or is it overreaction? Your your taking?
1: Look, there's this is flack to a point. You know, I'm not saying Arteta out, you know, is he's, he, yeah, he's yeah. a disgrace. Look you he, he should be getting some flack. I mean you should take some responsibility on the fact that he actually broke up a side. That was probably three or four, three two to three quality signings away of you know really competing, which you got with Timber and Declan Rice, and you know, but then he decides that Raya needs to come into the team. You know, mm. has as as Ryan actually been that much better than Ramsdale? I, I don't know. Has he been worth points? You know, has he? done what he said he was going to do. I mean, I quite think of Raya giving away a few goals, actually, which could have been avoided. I still, my verdict is I'm still not 100% sold on Raya. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but, I mean, any, obviously, Zaka wanted a new challenge. But, I mean, you know, try to sign a player in that mould. I know Kajavac, it's not a bad signing, but Kajavac could have been used also as a plan B up top as well, which we saw work very well in the Community Shield final. I our final community shield against city i yeah. mean he, he held the ball while well. he brought players into the game it's just that our needs to take some flack because he's made us so-called total control but we're easy to score against and we we difficult we find it difficult to score yeah yeah that's true
0: and i mean like now you know moving on to the final point before we end in the podcast um where do from here yeah, for January to 24 until end of season? What's your take now? Do we somehow dip in the market? To is that Will that, that other thing suffice, you know, like that, that uh, mid-season break where they can, you know, warm weather training, but also recoup, get maybe some new ideas coming into the squad setup and then, you know, kickstart ourselves anew like on the 20th of January, like when we have to play Palace?
1: Look, I I think there needs to be some sort of investment in the squad in terms of I'm not saying go and spend millions on players and and break the bank. You know, maybe you need to, but you know, I I think that you could try your luck with Brentford and try to loan Tony. I don't know if it's gonna if they're gonna want to do it. Maybe, you know, with the option to buy in the summer, maybe to see. But you need to invest, I think, in another kind of winger that can give sucker competition. Um, I think if you can, but that's not kind of priority. I think priority is if if you can get someone to help Declan Rice's workload, and we do definitely need somebody up top. You know, whether it's a... I'm not saying... Like, I'm just trying to say like a Dominic Solanke type player, a guy that might be happy to be at Arsenal and come on as a plan B or, or start... If, the, if Asus is not doing the job. But if you can't get a top striker, at least get someone that will give you that option of floating balls into the box and being able to attack it. Because right now, if you cut off that main supply Arsenal's attack, we are blunt. Because, I mean, I besides what you just mentioned, I just want to add, I also think
0: we need some sort of versatility in defence also. Because that you know what's happening at the left and right back situation, I think like especially now with, with Tommy so at the Asia Cup, we need some sort of alternative there because what what, what has actually been bothering me and it's like a point that I actually jotted down but I kind of overlooked going through. It's like, for me, there's also no excitement of young players coming through. I mean, you always hear this young players, but he's not blooding anybody anyway you now. So, we to, I mean, okay, it's all good and well when he says, yeah, we have to make use of what we have. When he's like kind of... Trying to underplay the the transfer window, but then I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but then I, if if I'm not saying no, uh, that one neri or, or that that cozier kid, uh, but I mean at least that that sort of sort of young player desire will probably give some sort of injection of pace and 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 more passion into the team because for me everything is uh, like from what I've seen, maybe, as I said, maybe it's fatigue or whatever or complacency, but a lot of the things aspects of our game is almost like just fizzled out yeah what you see almost like because for me that that West Ham game was a kind of worry because like you know knocking on the door but we're not getting in and then you had the Fulham game where everybody kind of turned up but nobody did anything
1: yeah no it's it's oh I don't know Uh, it's it's, it's quite frustrating and sad to see because last season we never saw this but anonymous performances we saw games we lost, but we tried. But now it's like we're almost giving up with a. And you, like you said, you see that Martinelli, did you want to shake Emile Smith, throw his hand, I don't know what that was about. And even Gabriel and Declan Rice arguing with each other. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, as I say, Happy New Year. Eh? Because... <laughs> let, let, let's, hope, let's hope we start off with a bang, beat Liverpool, you know, and, and you might, might be just, you know, a welcome break going into the 20th of January, um, yep. you know, knocking Liverpool out, or it could be a case of getting knocked out by an uninstinct Liverpool side and you kind of wonder where your season's going. I think a big lesson for the end the season, don't I mean, treat every trophy with respect. We've done it multiple times where you've treated trophies with disrespect and it's come to bite us. I mean, we could have still beaten the EFL Cup, maybe a semi-final, you don't know, you know, competing. Uh, FA Cup, you know, when things go long in the, wrong in the league and we get knocked out of the Champions League, at least if you're telling us we're fighting for, you know, outside chance of a Premier League title, race, maybe, you know, that maybe the we're like an outsider if things go wrong. But you have an FA Cup final to look forward to. You kind of, you know, say, okay, you know what? Let's let's take the trophy. But if we're going to throw blank because of what this is you know, people will then be calling
0: for it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, look, I, as I said, I, f- you know, I follow the process. I trust the process. Yeah. I hope it's not a, t- a process that, on, on, you know, almost like ends up being his, his Achilles heel in, in this whole managerial reign of his. But I mean, that being said, let's hope for the win for today. Let's hope they can get the act together, you know, really put on a performance and go out, you know, into this uh, winter of this mini break coming up. You know, with with, with with strong positivity. So,
1: let's go Gunners. Yeah, let's get the, to the next round of it if they got